And uh, we're, tonight we're talking about the protection of faith, the protection of faith. And uh, we're called to live by faith for several important reasons. Uh, faith allows us to please the Lord. Uh, faith allows us to see his amazing provision. Uh, faith allows us the opportunity to testify of his goodness and faith brings God glory and pleasure through our lives. But faith also supplies each one of us as individuals an important and irreplaceable benefit. And that's the benefit of protection. I'm reminded of a woman who opened the door of a building and was about to step outside when she heard a voice saying, don't take that next step or you'll regret it. She paused and a brick came crashing down to the pavement, right where she had been standing. She looked around, and there was no one around, so she couldn't figure out who said that. Well, the next day, she was about to step out into the street, and she heard that same voice, don't take that next step or you'll regret it. And she paused as a truck came racing by and smashed into a nearby vehicle. Well, she knew she hadn't listened to that voice, or if she hadn't listened to that voice, she would have been badly hurt or even killed. She looked behind her, and there was still, again, no one uh, nearby. And she said, all right, who said, uh, or, or who's, who said that? Who are you? The voice came and said, I'm your guardian angel. Well, if that's the case, where were you on my wedding day? Well, that probably has nothing to do with what we're talking about tonight, but but you see, as, uh, as you and I hear and believe and respond to the word of God by faith, we are protected from the evils of this world. I don't know that we're going to hear voices to tell us not to step out there or else we're going to regret it, but... We need to listen to the voice of God through his word. And so we have tonight a testimony from a man by the name of Noah. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. Now Noah, I believe, was a man of God. In Genesis 6, God surveys the world, finds it to be so evil, he's going to destroy it with a flood. And so God found Noah to be a uniquely righteous man. In verse 8 it says, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And so in Genesis 6, you have this, uh, this, sto this story, this account. And God ordered Noah to build an ark, and he did what God told him to do, and he saved his entire family. And because of the faith of Noah, he was saved and his family was saved. And so faith in God will not only protect your life, but it will protect your family. Uh, Psalm 119, 117 says, Hold thou me up, and I shall be safe, and I will have respect unto thy statutes continually. So living 
through faith or by faith provides the bearer with two unprecedented forms of protection. Two of them tonight. One is God's word warns us of unseen dangers. Unseen dangers. I think the, the Bible makes it very clear that before the flood, it did not rain upon the earth. Uh, in Genesis 2, and verse 5, it says, Every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. And yet God went to Noah, and he told him, It's going to rain. Hadn't rained up until that time. And so in Genesis 7 and verse 4, it says, For yet seven days, and I will cause it to rain upon the earth forty days and forty nights, and every living substance that I have made will I destroy off the face of the earth. God knew of the danger on its way, although Noah could not see it. And God knows the dangers that are in the world around us. And God has even warned us of those dangers in the word of God. And yet it takes faith to believe, to trust, and to act upon these warnings. So what are the hidden dangers that God, through his word, has warned us about? Well, we need to be warned of the tempter. The devil is real. He's living. He's powerful. He works hard to lead this world into an unbelieving uh, place. And yet... Uh, the world thinks, well, he's just a, a, not, not real, he's fake, or maybe he's a really a cuddly, loving person, but that's a lie, because the Bible warns us about that. 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom he resists steadfast, how? In the faith. In the faith, knowing the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. You see, we've been given the tools necessary to avoid and overcome the devil. First John 4, 4, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. James 4, 7 says, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I'm afraid that too many people today give the, the devil an open door for their lives. Ephesians 4 and verse 26 and 27 says, Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. So we've been warned of the tempter. Secondly, we've been warned of temptation. Uh, James chapter 1 uh, says, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for he, God cannot tempt, be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. In order to deal with temptation, we must deal with our own lust. 1 Peter 4 and verse 2 says that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh, to the lust of men, but to the will of God. And so temptation is common. Common to each one of us. Thankfully, it's something that God has warned us about in the Bible. 
So what do we do with that warning? You see, God always gives us a way out of temptation. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Think of the Lord Jesus as he uh, tried to warn Peter of coming temptation. Following the, the Last Supper, the disciples were making their way to the Mount of Olives, and on the way, Jesus gave a serious warning. In Matthew chapter 27, and beginning in verse 31, it says, Then saith Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you in, into Galilee. And Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men should be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, This night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. And likewise also said all the disciples. Well, Peter said, There's no way. That's not going to happen. So in order to prepare Peter for his temptation, Jesus took him to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray, hoping that maybe some time in prayer would help his heart. It goes on to say in Matthew 27, verse 40, And he cometh unto the disciples, and findeth them asleep, and saith unto Peter, What? Could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. In other words, don't take for granted that you're prepared for temptation. You know, just a will to avoid temptation is not enough. We need to possess the discipline to avoid it and forsake it. And because Peter failed to prepare himself for temptation, we know what the result was. Again, in Matthew 27, it goes on and says, then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew, and Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. Well, we come back to Noah and realize that Noah had to, to make this choice on a daily basis to avoid the temptation of sin, of compromise, of, qu of quitting of walking away from the task that God had given to him. Remember, uh, he lived during the most wicked days on the earth. In Genesis, it says in verse 5 of chapter 6, And God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of his heart was only evil continually. So we're, to, we're being warned of the tempter. We're being warned of the temptation. But we're also being warned of the consequences. In Galatians 6, 7, it says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. You know, every act that we do in life really is a seed. Seeds are sown into the fields of our lives. And we never stop sowing seeds. So it's not a matter or, uh, of if we are sowing. 
But it's a matter of what we're sowing. What kind of seed do we scatter throughout our days? Why does it matter? Because the type of seed you sow is the type of fruit you bear. This is not karma. This is not the yin and the yang. It's not a mystical science or Eastern religion. It's a fact from the Word of God. Genesis 6, 8 says, For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. You know, if I sow an orange seed, what am I going to get? I'm going to get oranges. An orange tree. If I see, sow apple seeds, if I sow grapefruit seeds, uh, if I sow pineapple seeds, will I ever get a coconut tree? No. Because I have not sown the coconut seeds. Listen, you will never reap a righteous life in the clubs, at the bars, and speaking and hearing foul language, bearing an angry and abusive attitude, listening to worldly music, watching filthy movies. And God's word commands us to abstain from uh, immoral sexual re relationships outside of marriage. In Hebrews 13:4, marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. And we've been even studying this on Sunday morning in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. Now concerning the things whereof ye wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman, nevertheless to avoid a fornication. Let every man have his own wife, and let every woman have her own husband. And so if we sow obedience, we'll reap protection. Protection from God's judgment. Protection of our minds from, uh, from the immorality. Uh, protection from suspicion and provide trust. Protection from fear and provide peace of mind. And so we must sow to the Spirit to bear the fruit of the Spirit. And then one other warning is that we're warned of condemnation. The word condemnation means an adverse sentence, a verdict, to ju a judgment against and the world is being judged, being sentenced of their deeds. And God warned Noah. And the Bible says that Noah warned the world. We see that in 2 Peter 2.5. And spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. And so the word of God warns us about the penalty faced by every man and woman for sin. He goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Sin entered into mankind through Adam's sin. Romans 5.18, Therefore, as by, one, by the offense of one judgment came upon, uh, of one judge, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. So, very, uh, a, a great blessing is that God provided a way out of condemnation. Romans 5, 8, but God commended his love toward men in that, or toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 2 Corinthians 5, 21, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So when we trust Christ as our Savior, we avoid the condemnation. Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no 
condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So God warns us of the unseen dangers. And then secondly, God warns us or protects us from useful, God protects us from useful, uh, with, with youth, useful direction. God's word protects us with useful direction. Now in Noah's day, God's word came to him personally. The Bible says God not only warned Noah about the flood, but also directed him in how to avoid it. This is not something that Noah just came up with on his own. The knowledge came to Noah by direct revelation from God. And it was the needed direction during a very needed time. I'm so thankful that we have the word of God today. The Bible is the perfect revelation of God that assists us through life with detailed direction. It contains all we need to spiritually survive through life if we follow the directions. Now we're familiar with this verse, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And so the word of God, through we see in this verse here, points us in four essential directions. First of all, God's word tells us what is right. It's profitable for doctrine. Jeremiah says in Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Man is inherently sinful. We're not born with the capacity to always choose right for ourselves. In fact, when we're left to ourselves, the Bible says we'll choose a different so-called right, creating confusion and devastation. You see, Judges uh, talks about this in Judges 17, verse 6. In those days there was no king in Israel, but every man did what? What was right in his own eyes. Proverbs 21, 2. Every, man, uh, every way of man is, again, right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the hearts. Proverbs 12, 15, the way of the fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. Thankfully, God has given us his word. It's a standard for righteousness for our lives. John 17, 17 says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So God tells us what is right. Secondly, God tells us what is wrong. See, uh, all scripture is profitable for reproof. God's word also tells us when we're wrong. Now, no one likes to be told there when they're wrong. Uh, we don't quite like that, do we? It's, it's uncomfortable. But sometimes it's necessary. Necessary to be reproved at times in life in order to find the right direction. And so faith in God's word will give us the right direction through life by giving us the proper reproof. And by the way, that's the major role of the Holy Spirit. He will reprove the world of sin. It says in John 16, verse 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I, go, that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the, sin, the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. 
I'm thankful that the Spirit of Truth is working in concert with the Word of Truth to help us build our lives. Thirdly, God's Word tells us how to be right. In, uh, <clears throat> God's Word is profitable for correction. And this is where God's Word, if we follow it by faith, will lead us and guide us into a righteous life. Philippians 3, verse 9 says, And be found in him not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God, how? By faith. You see, following the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ and the word of God, it will lead us to principles of living right. And then God's word tells us how to stay right. It's profitable for instruction in righteousness. Noah was saved, and all of his family was saved because he heard, he believed, and he obeyed God's word. And he did that through faith. We need to learn to lean, lean on, on and trust the word of God. It will protect us. So is your life protected by God tonight? Are you living by his word? Well, need to determine to sow the seeds of truth in our lives through obedience and allow the Lord of the harvest to cultivate those precious, peaceable fruits of righteousness in our lives. And you'll be required to do so through faith in God's word. And in doing so, you'll find great protection because of God's word warns us of the unseen dangers, but God's word protects us with useful direction. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you for these truths from your word tonight. And we do pray for your protection upon our lives. We often think of protection in a physical sense, and we certainly need that for our health and for our well-being physically. But spiritually, we need your protection as well, and we know that only comes by faith, living by faith, living in obedience to your word. Bless the lesson to our hearts tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.